What's up guys, this is BC Mitten Dire Knight Gaming here for another round of Podcast Madness. Today's episode is going to be about Darth Vader of the Star Wars Saga. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have made up your minds about how evil he was. And, you know, from a certain point of view... Yeah, he was, but everything he did, he did because he was being manipulated by Chancellor, now at that point, Emperor Palpatine. The thing about it is, when it comes right down to it, Vader is probably one of the most conflicted and complex characters in all of Star Wars history. Yes, it even beats out Kylo Ren. Because let's face it. Kylo Ren. He's probably the closest thing. That represents. What. What the fans. Wanted out of. Hayden Christensen's. Uh, portrayal of Anakin Skywalker. In the prequel trilogies. I will not discuss Kylo Ren in this. Because this is about. His grandfather. This is about Darth Vader. This is about Anakin Skywalker. Now, Darth Vader, the older version of him, was was played by David Prose. Prose did an awesome job. You know, bar none, he did an amazing portrayal of the 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 danger that you felt when you when you saw Darth Vader on the screen, the imposing nature. You you just it was intoxicating but frightening at the same time. No no other character that I can think of really gave me that sense of dread growing up when I saw Darth Vader enter a scene, I was captivated. I was watching. I knew something was going to happen and it was going to be special. It was going to be dark. It was going to be pretty bad. James Earl Jones, the legendary James Earl Jones voiced Darth Vader in the original trilogy and in the final moments of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Now that that was definitely something to behold right there. James Earl Jones returning, even to say a few lines, that was special. That was definitely special. Hayden Christensen played the teenage, you know, to about I would I would probably say to about the age of twenty twenty one years old. Uh, Anakin Skywalker before he becomes Vader and for a brief time playing as Darth Vader before he actually gets into his mechanical suit. Now, one thing that most probably don't know if, you know, if you didn't care about Hayden Christensen and didn't want to delve into his time as Darth Vader, then you may not know this. But Hayden Christensen wore the Darth Vader suit in in Revenge of the Sith. So, 
I thought that was awesome. I liked Hayden Christensen's portrayal of Anakin Skywalker. A lot of people give him hate, you know, hate and, you know, disdain and stuff like that. And I don't know why. You know, yeah, he was a pretty young actor. He didn't have a whole lot of acting under his belt. But he did a great job as Anakin Skywalker. If anything is to blame for some of the cheesy lines or if things just didn't seem right, then blame the scriptwriters. <laughs> Don't blame Hayden Christensen. He did a great job. When it came to scenes of of just just exhibiting deep anger and remorse and stuff like that, Hayden did a spectacular job. And yeah, I, I get it. That's my opinion. Most share that opinion. Others, they probably think that I'm just stupid as can be. But at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is the script writers were responsible for writing what was supposed to be said, what was you know, the the different reactions, Hayden had to act with the best of his ability. A great example, Ryan Johnson's take on The Last Jedi and everything going on with Luke Skywalker. That was not Mark Hamill's fault. That was, for the most part, Ryan Johnson and the scriptwriter's fault. If you didn't like how Luke was portrayed in The Last Jedi, then that falls on them. That doesn't fall on Mark Hamill. So, if you didn't like how Anakin was portrayed in Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones, then that's not Hayden Christensen's fault. That's the scriptwriter's fault. George Lucas had a vision. George Lucas wanted to show people the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. Wanted to show you how powerful he grew to be. How respected he was. But also how underappreciated he was. And in Revenge of the Sith, that really hits home. That hits home in a very, very harsh way. Perfect example. Okay. The Clone Wars in the setting of Revenge of the Sith, the Clone Wars had been going on for three years. Three years after the events of Attack of the Clones. Anakin's powers had grown. By that point, he had fought Count Dooku's apprentice, Asajj Ventress. That is how he gets the scar over his eye. Now, him and Obi-Wan, they've been up and down the galaxy pursuing Count Dooku and General Grievous, trying to take them down. Well, at the third year of the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars, unbeknownst to them, is starting to come to an end. Palpatine, also at that time known as Darth Sidious, he was orchestrating it. In a way that he wanted he wanted the Separatists to be destroyed. His grand plan all along was to bring Anakin Skywalker to his side. He saw Anakin grow and become, you know, disenfranchised with the Jedi Order. The Jedi Order, I mean, l- let me let me let me paint this picture for you. You finally 
become a Jedi. A Jedi Knight. Whatever. You start out at the Padawan. You know, you become the Jedi Knight. And you get told how strong you are. How how strong you're growing in the Force. Your, your lightsaber skills are unmatched by many. You're not quite as powerful as... As as adept in fighting as Yoda, but you could probably match Mace Windu, which is ju- who is just as good as Yoda. But let's face it, Yoda is you know he's the Grand Master of Jedi Order. He's the Grand Master for the reason, and that reason is he's the best. You know, but when it came right down to it. You know that you're strong. You know you're making progress. You know you're doing real good in the world, in the galaxy. And you're being told, no, you can't become a Jedi Master. No, you're not ready for this. You're not ready for that. No, you need to stay behind because of your relationship to Chancellor Palpatine. You're friends with him. He keeps butting in on Jedi affairs. This war's been going on too long. The Chancellor shouldn't be Chancellor anymore. He has more power than what he should actually have. This and this and this and this and this. Reason after reason after reason. Mounting like a ton of bricks. Just sitting there. Pushing pressure down on on Anakin's shoulders, and anybody, anybody would crack under those circumstances. Anybody would be angry under those circumstances. But, you know, in the end, he lasted as long as he possibly could, probably longer than most of us would in a situation like that. Because you you have no way out. It's either go to the dark side or stay at the light side, or... Become a rogue where you're hunted by both. So then you're being, you, you have these visions of your wife, the love of your life, someone who you have loved since you were a 10 year old boy. You find out she's pregnant. You come home from a war, you find out she's pregnant. And it is the happiest moment of your life. You have your you you feel like you have your whole life ahead of you. That is what Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker felt. He came home after defeating Count Dooku, killing him mercilessly at that. But in hindsight, would you have not done the same? You know, most of us, there'd be very few of us that could actually say that they wouldn't have done the same thing that Anakin did in, in that situation. He saved Palpatine. I say saved in quotation marks because, let's face it, Palpatine, he could have he survived some way. But anyway, he had, to, he had to put on his facade of being the helpless chancellor. Um... He saves Palpatine, rescues R2-D2, rescues an unconscious Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, on top of that, manages to pilot half of a ship and, and, and keep...
keeps everyone alive and uninjured. And they very harshly land back on the planet of Coruscant. That's some skill. That was something deserving of saying, okay, hey, you know, maybe maybe you ought to be a Jedi Master. You you have done some real good here. But no. No, they 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 give him a clap on the back or maybe a few uh words of of compliment and they send him on his way. There's a seat for him on the council. He is a part of the council, yet he is only a Jedi Knight. They have kept him away from being a master because of his relationship to Palpatine. Now, outside of that, let me get back to the main issue. The main issue outside of being disgruntled and disenfranchised with Jedi Order and how they treat him... It's the fact that, like I said before, he came home from a war to find out that his wife is pregnant. It's a happy moment. And yet, he has these haunting visions that torment him to his very core that he is going to lose her. And he may even lose the child. He doesn't realize they're twins at the time. So he thinks son or daughter. He's going to lose his son or daughter and his wife in childbirth. That terrifies him. Yoda, you know, Yoda is very wise. He's very wise with the Force. Very wise in the light and the dark. And unfortunately, he does not provide the insight that Anakin needed. Well... Let me back that up. He gave him the insight that he needed as a Jedi, but as a human being, as a person who has a wife, has a family, about to have a child, he didn't give him the insight that he wanted. Yoda pretty much tells him the same spill that he tells Luke Skywalker in... In Empire Strikes Back. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. They all lead to the dark side. That he should learn to let Padme go. So that if she dies, it will, if she really does die, it will not have the impact on him that could lead him to the dark side. This is one of the main, this is one of the, the things that I feel that drives Anakin further away from the Jedi Order. He's already upset with them as is because of how they treat him and how how he's a part of the Order, which is a great honor, but yet he doesn't have the rank of Master, despite him having taken on an apprentice of his own in Ahsoka Tano. Despite being very wise in the force himself and in 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 uh fighting with a lightsaber as well as in space he has commanded legions of the clone troopers and more than shown his worth as one of the Jedi order's greatest champions but yet 
But yet, time and again, they pushed him down. They kept him down because of the whole prophecy that he's the chosen one to bring balance to the force. That he will defeat the Sith once and for all. And and everything will be, I guess, all daffodils and teddy bears. So, with with that being said, you know, yeah, on some level, I'm sure that, that went to his head. Yes, he was egotistical. Yes, he was prideful. But most of the Jedi were. Those that knew they were powerful, knew that they had a lot of skill, most of them were prideful. They just didn't have it exhibited and thrown in their face that much. Anakin, however, did. Because he had a prophecy behind his name. Now, then you got Anakin going to Palpatine, talking to him, and then Palpatine somehow quote-unquote, knows about the dark side of the Force, knows about the light side of the Force, tells the story about Darth Plagueis the Wise and his power to be able to save people from death, but yet he couldn't save himself from... Spoiler. And I say spoiler to uh, Anakin. Spoiler alert. By... Palpatine himself. Now, if that's not a swift kick to the can, I don't know what is. But yet, Anakin, he's not thinking straight. He's he's thinking only of saving Padme and his child. So Palpatine is telling him what he wanted to hear from Yoda. Oh, so there's a way to save my family. Keep my wife and my child from dying. I can save them. So he embarks further down on the dark path. And eventually... Eventually, when it comes down to it, he, he, Anakin, is the one that deduces that Palpatine is Darth Sidious. Not Mace Windu, not Yoda, not Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan got sent to the far side of the dang galaxy to bring General Grievous to his knees. That works out well. But at the same time, on Coruscant, you got the rest of the Jedi like Mace Windu telling Anakin, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so he, so Palpatine is Sidious. This makes sense. Okay. Well, we need to bring him to justice. Oh, okay, well, I understand you want to go, Anakin, but you can't. You can't go. That drives Anakin absolutely nuts. And it it would anybody in his shoes. Why not? He's the one that... That told them, hey, uh, Palpatine, he's, he's the bad guy here. He's the one that we've been looking for. He's the one that we need to bring down to stop all this. Windu says we'll bring him to justice. Anakin suggests that he should be with them. Windu said no. And from a certain point of view, most could agree with Windu on that. That, you know... His reason was, okay, this is your friend. You could stop us. You could be too lenient on him. Yeah, but at the same time, Windu shows up 
with a few other Jedi. I'm assuming they're knights or masters. I can't really remember. My memory's a little fuzzy on that. But here's the thing that gets me about it. He shows up. Palpatine wipes all but Windu out. With so much finesse and ease, it's almost laughable that these were Jedi Knights, Jedi Masters. So Windu finally brings Palpatine down to his knees, disarms him, and deflects the Force Lightning that Palpatine thinks that he's going to uh, destroy Mace Windu with. It backfires, obviously. Anakin shows up just in the nick of time. And Anakin wants to put him in shackles, pretty much. He wants to put him in jail. He wants to put him on trial for all the crimes that he committed. And what he doesn't realize is Palpatine did have, you know, the bureaucracy. You know, he had the bureaucrats. He had... The count, he had the, the government and everything. He had the Republic in the palm of his hands. And it was because he could, he could mind control people just like the Jedi could. Windu understood that. Anakin, I don't think he wanted to understand that. I think Anakin wanted to put his faith so much in democracy that, you know, in, in justice and in, in real. Go to trial, you get your sentence, justice. Windu wanted him dead. And Anakin had to make a decision. It was either bring him to justice in what he saw as the right way, or just, you know, try to save Palpatine. Or stop Windu, rather. And the thing about it is, he chose to try to stop stop Windu from, you know, taking down Palpatine. That was a smart and a dumb move. It was a smart move because I felt like, you know, well, maybe he could talk it through. But in that moment... That was when I thought that. When he cut his hands, his hand off, and the lightsaber fell to the floor and all that stuff, you know, I knew in that instant that Palpatine was going to seize it. He was going to seize the opportunity, and he did. He forced lightning and pushed Windu out the window. Windu's gone. That left Anakin in a precarious situation. He either had to join the dark side, which supposedly promised him, you can save your wife, you can save your child, join me, you know. As the meme goes, join the dark side, we have cookies. Well, the promise of saving Padme and his child, those were the cookies. And in the end, that is what brought down Anakin to his knees. A great Jedi Knight. One of the greatest. One of the most powerful. 
And Palpatine knew about the prophecy of him being the chosen one, about him bringing balance to the Force. And <laughs> he twisted and contorted the Jedi Order's greatest Jedi, one of, the, one of its greatest Jedis, to pretty much doing whatever he wanted him to do. So, that brings me to what happens on Mustafar. The climactic battle between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, now referred to as Darth Vader. This is a lava planet that is just... It, it was it was bizarre to see it because it's like it's an entire planet that's pretty much nothing but lava and structures that are floating on top of this lava, and it's 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 crazy, it's crazy, and and this this is a particularly sad scene in my opinion. One of the saddest, actually, if not, yeah, it's it's actually one of the saddest. Is second saddest in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. First saddest, topmost, is when Padme dies. And Padme says, there's good in him, I know. And she passes away. Luke and Leia are born, but they never get to know her mother. They never get to know their mother. She passes out of, I'm going to say, out of childbirth duress. And partly because of what Anakin did to her. And of a broken heart. Most people think that's the dumbest thing ever. But, you know, it is possible to die from a broken heart. You know, it, it really is. I don't care who, who you are. It's, it is possible to die from a broken heart. So they're at Mustafar, you know, Anakin notices that there's a ship coming his way. It's a, you know, one of the, it's, it's Padme's starship. Well, he, he goes down there, meets her, and it's a happy moment. It's a happy reunion, you know, you really get the sense of, okay, this, you know, maybe Padme can stop this. But... In reality, if you've seen the original trilogy first, like I have, like I grew up on, then yeah, you're not gonna. You're you already know the end result. You already know this is gonna go south. So it's a happy moment, and then they get to talking, and Padme finds out the truth that Anakin, what Anakin did at Jedi Temple, that Obi Wan was telling the truth. Unbeknownst to her, Obi-Wan was stowed away on her starship. He comes out, Anakin flies into a rage because he thinks that Obi-Wan and Padme are in cahoots. And in a blind rage, he force chokes Padme enough to cause her to pass out. This is one of her... This is... This is the last time he's going to see her. 
the last time he's going to see his wife. And that that is that is so sad because you know this this guy he has been through so much. He lost his mother. He was he literally held her in his arms when she died. He con- he was constantly being pushed down and held back by the Jedi Order. That he felt like his potential was not being reached. His the the rank that he felt he deserved was not being achieved because of dumb reasons. And, you know, in a way they were dumb reasons. But then he gets these visions that his wife's going to die. That he's going to lose his kid too. And now this is the last time he sees her. Obi-Wan and Anakin fight. They have this epic lightsaber fight that, honestly, I have not seen a better lightsaber duel in the movies yet. Yeah, you got Kylo doing his broad, you know, childish tantrum strokes with his with his uh, little broadsword-looking lightsaber and stuff like that. That's That's all fine and dandy. But we have yet to have a really cool lightsaber battle though I will say towards the you know the end of Force Awakens and how him and Rey go at it that that was pretty cool but when it comes down to it Anakin and Obi-Wan have the best uh, lightsaber fight because they are so evenly matched they know each other so well yes Yoda and Palpatine going at it was awesome but in the end, Anakin and Obi-Wan, their lightsaber duel is the best. Bar none. Well, unfortunately, Anakin's arrogance gets the better of him. And he tries to Jedi jump off of this, this robotic uh, structure that he is keeping out of the lava with his force powers Obi-Wan's already made it up there he's already got the high ground Obi-Wan warns him don't do it I have the high ground Anakin you underestimate my power he jumps Obi-Wan chops off his you know his like from the elbow down of his, if I'm not mistaken, his left arm, and then from the knees down, both of his legs. Anakin should not even be alive once he hits that 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 hot, molten ground that he gets set on fire, and and yet he he lives by sheer force of will. He lives. And Obi-Wan, in sadness, says, You are my brother. You were the one that was supposed to bring, bring balance to the Force. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. What a, what a way. What a way to walk away from years of companionship. Years of brotherhood. Shattered because of... 
Palpatine's ability to get inside Anakin's head. How, how, how crazy. You know, and then Palpatine, wouldn't you know it, shows up. He sees that Anakin is barely alive. He's alive, but he's barely alive. And then he takes him to Kamino. Where Anakin solidifies himself as the mechanical breathing, more machine than man, Darth Vader. And he asks Palpatine, where is Padme? Where is she? Palpatine tells him. And and the thing about it is Palpatine does not know whether or not Padme is still alive or not. Anakin should have trusted his feelings. Anakin knew that Padme was still alive because he felt her. You ain't going to tell me that years of a bond and love with this woman is going to be undone in one moment. Anakin was powerful enough to be able to sense Padme was still alive after force choking her and she passed out. Should he have done that? No. Of course not. You know, it was bullcrap they did that, but for the sake of the storyline and, and everything that happened after, it worked. But Anakin reacted out of anger very wrongly, and he still felt that she was alive. He should have trusted that. But no, once again, Palpatine got inside his head, and Palpatine said, No, it seems in your anger you killed her. In one of the coolest anger moments that I have seen Darth Vader have, he crushes with his force powers everything in that room except Palpatine himself. And he busts out of that that mechanical bed that was sh- that that he was bound to. And he busts out of it like it was nothing. And he cries out. And I don't blame him. The truth of the matter was Padme was on the verge of death, but she was not dead yet. <coughs> and so this this shifts over to the the medical ship with um Bell Organa, Obi-Wan, C3PO, R2 and Yoda. Well, Obi-Wan is there with Padme when she's lying on that operating table. And the medical droid is giving her, you know, Luke and Leia. She names them. And then all of a sudden she 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 breaks down even harder and she she just filled with so much sadness. And then all of a sudden there's this this eerie calm that washes over her almost almost acceptance in a way of her situation and everything that's happened that she knows that she can't go on and she tells Obi-Wan there's good in him I know 
fast forward so many years later, and in episode six, Return of the Jedi, Luke is 20-something years old. Luke is a Jedi now. I guess you could even consider him a Jedi Master. Because he says, there's good in you. I know there is. I can sense the conflict in you. Release your hate. He says that to Darth Vader. And the thing about it is, that, that, that is the truth. There was conflict in Vader. There really was. The moment that he realized that that one of his kids was alive... He didn't know about Leia until their 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 lightsaber duel towards the end of the movie. He doesn't know about Leia until then. And all Vader can think about is okay, awesome. You know I have you know, the 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 child I had with Padme is alive. And <laughs> the bittersweet thing too is yet his wife still died. All he can think about is overthrowing the emperor. I think over the years he grew to hate the emperor because he cuz the cuz Palpatine represented everything that took everything that he loved, everything that was good about his life away. That was the representation. That was Palpatine. And he knew that, but he feared Palpatine. He was afraid to face Palpatine by himself. Because what was Palpatine and Vader? Vader was, as uh, Obi-Wan, older Obi-Wan said, more machine than man. Yes, he could use his force powers and all that stuff. Force push, choke, whatever. Vader was still very powerful. It's not more so than he ever was. But Palpatine, Palpatine was still stronger in some ways. He was cunning. He was wise. He knew how to manipulate the situations and take it and turn it back on you. Palpatine was really good like that. Vader feared him. But when he realized that he had a son, and his son was a Jedi, or training to be one. He wanted Luke to join him so they could bring down Palpatine together. Unfortunately, his lead was less ruled galaxy together as father and son. Let's destroy the Emperor and rule the galaxy together. He might not wanted to have cut his son's hand off, but eh, whatever, I guess. Uh, but at the same time, you got to look at it this way. He still spared him. He still spared his son. There is good in him. If there was any kind of evil in him, the moment that Luke declined that, he would have killed him. Anybody in a situation like that that was truly evil would have killed them 
even if it was their own flesh and blood. I can even say especially if it was their own flesh and blood because people who are evil, they do things that do not make sense to people who are good. Now, with that being said, shift to Death Star number two in Return of the Jedi. Luke is standing before Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine's trying to turn him. Palpatine then realizes that Luke's been trying to turn Vader. Palpatine is so cocky, so arrogant, that he thinks that what was good in Vader had been long gone, that it died with Padme. But that was his ultimate downfall. When Vader realizes that Leia is his daughter, he does an even dumber thing and says, eh, well, you know what? If How about I destroy you and turn your sister? That sends Luke into a frenzy, understandable, that leads to Luke cutting off Vader's hand. And ironically, it's the very one that was cut, that was replaced by cybernetics in Attack of the Clones, or at the end of Attack of the Clones. Years ago in in Star Wars. You know, and when Luke realizes that, he shuts off his lightsaber and he stands fast in front of his father to both protect him but also show Vader, I'm not going to kill you. This is not the way. But I will try to save you. Palpatine blasts Luke with a healthy dose of force lightning that leads to Vader doing the one thing that the prophecy always said. That he would bring balance to the force. That he would destroy the Sith. And he did. He knew that he was not long to live. The dark side, all the hate that was keeping him going was gone. He felt love. He felt contentment, I guess you could say. He felt acceptance. And I also think it didn't help either that when Vader threw Palpatine over the railing, he was still being hit by force lightning, and that probably fried a lot of his systems. The things that were keeping him going. Now, when that happens, Luke very admirably is trying to save his father. And Vader tells him that it's no use. Just leave me here, but before you do, help me take this mask off so I can look at you with my own eyes. Not the eyes of the Sith Lord, the mask. He wants to look at him through the eyes of Anakin Skywalker. And he does. Luke sees a a tired 
old father that was exhausted. He was spent. He was dying. Vader gives him a tired smile and says, You tell your sister you were right about me. You were right. Luke said, There's good in you. Anakin had good in him all this time, all these years of relentlessly hunting down other Jedi, hunting down the rebels, everything. He still had good in him. And it's because of the memory of Padme, because of Luke and Leia. That the legacy that Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker left behind was a great one. Padme said there's good in him. I know. There was good in Anakin Skywalker. And whether, and you know, honestly, that's, for, for some people, that's not a very popular opinion. That they think that Revenge of the Sith was too, too emotional. Especially when it came to Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker and uh, Natalie Portman's Padme Amidala. But the reality of, of the situ- situation was they were in love. They had they felt like they thought that they had their whole lives ahead of them. That they were gonna raise a raise a baby together and grow old together and all that stuff. Anakin Anakin thought he was gonna become the greatest Jedi that the galaxy had ever seen, a Jedi master. And I don't think his ambition would have stopped there. I think that he felt like he could have become the grandmaster of the Jedi Order. But all that came crashing down. All of it. And it's just it's just strange to me how how easy something like that can happen, you know. But in the end, Anakin Skywalker, even as the fearsome Sith Lord Darth Vader, still had good in him. He just needed someone to help him find his way again, and Luke was that for him. So guys, this is it for this podcast. I am going to conclude this and just part this message with with me just simply saying that everyone has their opinions. Everyone is entitled to their opinions. But for Podcast Madness, BC Mitten, Dire Night Gaming, I will say that David Prose, James Earl Jones, Hayden Christensen, they are awesome actors. They did a spectacular job playing as Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. They made the character who he is today, why he's so popular today. And I think that if you just really pay attention to Anakin's story, you might understand it better. You might see it from maybe a similar point of view as this podcast. He had good in him, guys. He was in love with a girl, and the girl died. 
and he was told it was his fault. He thought that his his offspring was not alive either. So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to justify staying good or doing good acts when you feel so utterly hopeless in everything you do. And you got this this uh dingbat that is your master is just sitting there whispering words in your ears that, you know, well, you know, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. Okay, now you go and you do my bidding. You do as I tell you or I will kill you. You ain't going to tell me Palpatine didn't threaten that. But anyway, this has been Dire Night Gaming and BC Minton for Podcast Madness. See you later.